Hey Siri, play Social Geek Radio. Okay, Social Geek Radio podcast coming up. Hello, geeks, and welcome to Social Geek Radio. I'm Jack Munson, your host and marketing conciliari. Today's show is brought to you by Exults, Franchise Expo West, and Ularity. And we're talking leadership with Gigi Swikert. You know, we had such a great time last week at IFA 2022 podcasting and recording short interviews with franchise brands about what makes a great leader. Thanks to everyone who joined us and the entire Ularity team for setting those interviews up. Those podcasts will be available this week at ularity.com as well as on Apple and Spotify. So with all of this talk of leadership, I thought it might be interesting to dive a little deeper on the subject with someone who has written so much about leadership. Gigi Swikert is coming up next after this word about Franchise Expo West. The expo is back and in person again this month, March 18th and 19th at the Phoenix Convention Center. Why Phoenix? Phoenix has the fourth highest economic growth rate and population growth rate in the U.S., outpacing California. Phoenix is emerging as a renowned entrepreneur hub with the escalating growth of local business incubators and accelerators. And I'll be there podcasting from the floor, talking to more franchise brand leaders. So join us. For more information on available booth space, contact Sheila Fisher at Sheila.Fisher at Comexposium.com. Gigi Swikert is the CEO of Lightbridge Academy, and she joins Social Geek Radio for the first time today. Hey, Gigi, how are you? Good, Jack. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm looking for a little inspiration and a little encouragement and a little leadership uh, here in, uh, in, in the first quarter of the year as we're starting to wrap things up. So I thought it would be a perfect time to speak with an expert on those topics. But before we get there, give us a little background on yourself. What's your story? So I will, uh, I've got a long story, but I'll, I'll shorten it up. So I have been working in early childhood education for about 30 years, and I've been working in franchising for the last eight years. I absolutely love the franchising experience and the community of franchising and how collaborative people are with sharing information. And so it is a great honor and privilege for me today to be able to share some of my information. Um, I started uh, after college. I decided I was going to take a little bit of a gap year and head out to Steamboat Springs, Colorado, for all of those uh, out there who either snowboard or ski. And in order to get a free ski pass um, for the for the season, I needed to get a job. So I got a job at the Kitty Corral, which is a childcare center on the mountain, and I did. Uh, lessons in child care for children of parents who were there on vacation and skiing. So great opportunity. From there, I went to an intergenerational program at the hospital there in Steamboat. And from there, took a big trip over to New York City, where I started as a teacher and ended up as the director of the United Nations Child Care Center in New York City. And then um, found my way to the suburbs as I was starting to plan a family and get married and was there um, setting up Fortune 100 
100 on-site employee-sponsored childcare centers, such as for Johnson & Johnson, Genentech, um, pharmaceutical and banking organizations. Took some time off to raise my own little childcare center of four, which is how many children I have now, but they are grown. <laughs> three out in the world and one in Stelling College. Um, and through that time was um, working on boards and things of that nature, obviously being a mom to four children and started writing books. So I had the opportunity to write many books on early childhood education and supervision and did some speaking and then full circle back into the industry and full-time, and that's where I found myself with what was at the time Rainbow Academy, and we rebranded to Lightbridge Academy. When I started with the company um, seven years ago, we had 13 centers. We now have 62 units that are wow. open in wow. a growth trajectory that's going to take us to probably 130 plus um, over the next five years, and we just announced last night uh, via LinkedIn that we're headed to um, to Texas, so we're really excited about all of the growth and, and the great things that have happened. So I am very, very blessed to be in a situation where I am passionate about what I do every day and serving children and their families, but equally as passionate about working in franchising. And what a super model um, for every business and just the economy of the entire nation of of how it how it works and until you really become a part of the franchising industry i don't think people are truly aware that as you drive down that busy main street or you drive down a highway that almost every business that you see is really individually owned um by uh, a small business owner and that's yeah. so amazing to participate in that yeah, it, it's the best of both worlds of, you know, being a, a nationally or at least regionally known brand, but it's a locally owned business. One of the passions I have is trying to spread that word. The other passion that, that I really wanted to talk more about with you today that you know, you've written so much and presented so much on the topic of leadership. Why did that become such a passion for you? Or maybe I should be asking, why is this not a passion for so many CEOs out there? You know, I think it is a passion for so many. I think, you know, we're all leaders in some way or another, whether you're leading your family or leading your children or leading a group or a committee. Um, and so we never really kind of look at, at what makes up those components of it. And I think for me, as a firstborn, I've been leading my siblings, they will tell you their entire life, <laughs> um, as well as being a teacher. And so I think there's a lot of leadership skills there. Um, and it is such a great desire to be able to help develop leaders and help those leaders develop other leaders. And it really goes to inspiration and creativity and helping people be the best that they can be. And so innately, that is what has been my passion my whole life is helping children be the best that they can be. And so it's really taking that skill set and not to minimize what leadership or supervision is, but it's inspiring those to be around you to be the best that they can be. And so I think there are lots of books written on it and lots of conferences that you can go to and podcasts that you can listen to what we're doing right here. But I think there's some simple basics of what leadership is, at least to me, 
Um, and I'd love to share what some of those things are. Yes, absolutely. Let's let's dig in. So the first one sounds kind of crazy, but I think the first one is admitting that you're the supervisor, admitting that you're the leader, admitting that you are that person who is in charge. And people like to have a leader. And there are some times in your job where you are the boss. You're telling people what to do because it has to, it has to be done. It might be a regulatory issue or something that we have to comply with. And I think there are times in your position where you're a manager and you're looking at accountability and you're looking to get to those KPIs and those numbers that you've you've set forth to, to meet your goals for the year. But I think the leader is the person who inspires others to be more than they ever imagined they could be themselves mm. by giving them your time, by giving them your confidence, by giving them the opportunity to make mistakes, by giving them resources. And in many situations, just listening to what it is that, that they have to do. So I think we're all leaders in many ways. I think that as you progress to a leader, whether that's a leadership position as a franchisor or a leadership position as a franchisee, and you're leading for the very first time, is that understanding that being a leader is not a bad thing. I think the connotation with a boss is often derogatory. Yeah. A leader is an inspirer and coach, somebody who's going to guide the way. It's somebody who's going to, who's going to, help you kick down the barriers, who's, who's going to get in there and do exactly what you're doing and work with you side by side. A leader is invested in the people around them and will do anything for them. I love that idea of coaching over, you know, simple management, right? And, and I say this all the time about myself. I love coaching people. Um, you know, sort of the next generation of, of marketers and franchise people. And, and I love being involved with, with people and, you know, helping them get past something and, and you know, doing something a little bit better uh, for their career or for their lives or whatever. Um, but the idea of being, quote unquote, the boss um, is, is not appealing to me and, and a lot of people who, you know, we've been the boss and, and, Sometimes it's it's um, a lot more um, it, it's a lot more fulfilling to be the coach. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. At the same time, we need boundaries. Whether you're working in the food industry and there are certain boundaries around health codes, or whether you're working in my industry and in early childhood education, we have certain regulations and ratios and group sizes and things like that. So, I think that. I, I completely agree with you that that sometimes feels like the awkward piece. Unfortunately, there are lots of people out there, Jack, that will take the boss approach because they don't really understand the leadership role. Yeah. The leadership yeah. role is inspiration. And so what you default to when you're not really understanding leadership, and we'll talk about that a little bit more um, is that you default to, I'm going to tell people what to do. Yeah. Where, yeah. We're going to, we're going to look at activities today, right? <laughs> yeah. How many exactly. widgets did so, you put over here today? Yeah. That's right. I, I uh, think that's, absolutely. And, that, and that's where coaching right. fails and where, you know, that, that negative meaning of the boss sort of takes over in, in, in a lot of people's minds, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that, you know, we, people need some guidelines and some lanes that makes people feel comfortable. So we need to make our expectations clear of what it is that we're, we're trying to get to. What's the goal? How, how are we going to get there? And then I think beyond that, there are a couple things that are necessary once we kind of paint the picture um, as the leader of that North Star. Where's our strategy? Where are we taking this company and where are we trying to go? And then once we have a good understanding of that, it's creating a culture. And I could spend a whole nother podcast on culture because it's really <laughs> important to me, but encourages new ideas. And, and a lot of cultures do that. But the second part is allows for mistakes. Now, obviously, certain mistakes can't be had. We can't undercook food so that people get sick. We can't care for a child in a way that he's not or she's not healthy or safe. Yeah. But allowing for those mistakes and that there could be a better process to get to the end result. Now, this is especially nuanced in franchising because we have brand standards and franchising is all about here's the recipe, here are the rules, follow these and um, and and you will do well or you should do well. The nuance is in encouraging new ideas, it's the value of continuous improvement is that we're allowing people to continuously look at what's happening and to change our playbook for everyone and make that the new brand standard for those people who are on the front lines. And what I call that is don't get in the way of success. So it would be very easy for anyone in a leadership position to micromanage, to tell people exactly what you need to do and this is how you need to do it. And there are certain situations where that is true. There are certain regulations on how you diaper a child and how we meet OSHA requirements. But there are also opportunities for those people on the front lines or people in your home office to suggest a process that goes above and beyond. And so if we can create a culture that allows for reasonable mistakes and we can step back and let people succeed in their own way. There are different paths to success and people don't always have to take the path that we would have taken based on what our skill set is. And if they're trying to improve or, or maybe they're trying to improve some process that's already in place and, and they're trying to make it better, by definition, they're going to make mistakes, right? Because the thing isn't perfect yet. If it was perfect, we would not need to try to improve it. So I, I love that idea of mistakes are allowable as long as you're trying to improve yourself, the process, the brand, the company, whatever. That I, I, I love that idea of mistakes being made and improvement. It's kind of all part of the same process. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things that I, I like to think about is that we're not striving for perfection. We're striving for excellence. Mm. And that kind of makes up for that, that, that mistake piece. And, and let me just go off on a tangent for a second on a, on a mistake. Mistakes are made in businesses and in situations, relationships all the time. The best way to deal with a mistake is to admit it. Um, to find out what you can quickly do to mitigate it. And then most importantly, find out what you're going to do so that it doesn't happen again. So um, a mistake is a mistake if you do it once. 
A mistake is not a mistake. If it happens two or three times, it's a choice. Looking for the ultimate all-in-one technology solution for your digital marketing efforts? Meet Ularity, the world's most powerful and trusted local and national marketing platform. Finally, everything all in one place from ad creation, media buying, reporting, and automatic optimization. Their technology was created with the franchise owner in mind. Their software and service was built from learning how Fortune 500 brands operate this marketing stack. Using machine learning and automation, Ularity's state-of-the-art technology simplifies the complex world of developing and executing digital marketing programs, all for a flat and transparent subscription. Their team believes in your brand's mission and has the passion and technology to amplify, automate, and optimize it, giving you access to powerful marketing performance in the palm of your hands. Join some of the world's best brands with Ularity. Head over to ularity.com to request a demo and talk to their awesome franchising team or email sales at ularity.com. Mention code JACK. J-A-C-K, that's me, and get 50% off of your first month subscription. Let me go back to what you said about trying to improve. Um, So when people are trying to improve, they don't always get it right. And when people are trying to improve, oftentimes they will do something that is maybe not to up to the guidelines, the brand standards, or it may be something that is not something that is going to be something that we can duplicate. And so the other piece that is going to be so critical in leadership is communicating honestly. So for most of us, um, at least a good deal of us, telling people good things wow, you did a great job on that, is something that is easier to do. Now, we don't all naturally give people affirmation and way to go and good job. Um, Recognition is one of the greatest things that you need to do in leadership. So for those of you who don't do that easily, think of some intentional, consistent things that you put on your calendar to make sure that you are affirming and recognizing your team in leadership. But the flip side of communicating honestly is recognizing when things aren't going right. So it might look something like this. I appreciate the efforts that you are working on to improve the pickup process at the centers. Unfortunately, here's what we're seeing from that process improvement, this, this, and this. It's not working out in the way that we intended and we need to to take another direction. And I call that delivering difficult messages. So when you care deeply about someone, Jack, if I care deeply about you, I'm going to tell you enough to say thank you for letting me be on the podcast. I'm going to tell you I appreciate um, the quality of work that you produce. But if there's something that's not going well, I'm also going to care enough about you to deliver that difficult message. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where leaders miss the most, and especially franchisee leaders new, new to supervising. 
And I think they miss the most there is because they don't want to offend anyone. They don't want to upset anyone. Um, and that person may know a little bit more about the industry concept than they know themselves. And so they're afraid of losing that person. But without honest communication about people's performance, you will never inspire them to be their best. And they will never trust that you are actually telling them the truth about what's happening. So to be a great leader, you need to communicate honestly the good, communicate honestly the not so good, and everything in between. And I think the communication channels might be the first thing that um, people who are, let's say, trying to improve their leadership skills, the channels themselves might be the first place they need to look because so often I I see or I hear of an instance where um, a leader or maybe a boss was trying to communicate some difficult news, but the channel was wrong. They They did it publicly or they did it in a group setting or they did it on you know, some kind of mass email or, or Zoom call or something like that, instead of taking the time to do it one-on-one or within a small group, you know, and, and I think, I think um, we've gotten used to using the same channels for delivering messages for good news, bad news, kudos, needs improvement, whatever. And and we just kind of blast out messages through all of the same channels to the, the same internal audiences. And, and I think even if the message wasn't bad, the fact that it was delivered in such a way, or the fact that it was delivered in front of peers, um, I, I think that, uh, that really kind of killed the whole coaching moment there too. That is so So important. I'm so glad that you're bringing that up because as a leader, I believe that your job is to promote your team, is to make them as look as good as they can in any situation possible. So my job is to talk about how great they're doing, to connect them with other people, to share resources, to promote their success to be really a cheerleader and an inspiration to all that they do. Those coaching conversations should be behind closed doors. I should never be having a conversation with someone unless it is a safety issue. So if I see maybe a child that needs to be addressed and someone is not immediately helping that child, then that would be a call that I would make in front of other people. Um, But beyond that, if it's not a safety issue, all those other conversations should be behind closed doors. You're right. You're absolutely right. What other uh, sort of basics of of leadership did we want to get into today? So um, I think one of the interesting ones is to follow through. So as supervisors and leaders, we often get very frustrated with people. Well, they didn't get back to me and I... I demanded this and I wanted this information and I need this for my board report. Um, And all of those things are fine, but are you leading by example? Do you follow through? If you're saying that you're going to do something, do it. And so my advice to myself and to others is if you're not going to follow through, don't say it, 
or don't put it out there or don't commit to something that you aren't going to do mm-hmm. because the best way that you can serve your team is to lead alongside them, to learn from them and to do what you say you're going to do. And sometimes to do what you say you're going to do is to say that I, I'm not getting to it, but at least I'm letting people know, but I can't have a pattern of not following through with my expectation of my team is if they always follow through for the customer. That really is, is counterproductive. You've already got me thinking, speaking of follow through, um, about when we're going to record part two of this conversation about culture. So uh, be sure to clear some room on your calendar in the near future on that. Uh, but before we get there, any anything else you wanted to cover today on the topic of leadership? I think I'll, I'll start with the last thing, which is really the first thing, and that's stay connected, is that leadership is built on relationships. And take the time in the hallway to say hello to someone get to know personal aspects of people's lives and and what drives them and what inspires them. Um, Be available and don't just be physically available, but be emotionally available. Mm -hmm. Really listen to people, really be present in the moment when you are engaging with someone. And I think that's what's key is that everything starts with relationships. There's technology and there's the craziness of all the things that and all the different ways that we communicate. But ultimately, it's about relationship and it's about treating people well, treating people respectfully, regardless of the message that you have to deliver. So stay connected to your team, stay connected to those out in the field um, you know, get up from behind your desk and get out there. Yeah. You know, let's, let's bring this home back to the topic of franchising and, and just what a great community it is for, for leadership and development and everything else. Um, that idea of staying connected and building relationships is, is so important in any industry, but I, I think it's even more so with, um, with the franchise community. And I would say this, you, you said something there that, that, that really resonated with me about being present in the moment when you're building those relationships. We're heading into conference season now, right? There are so many great shows coming up <laughs> from the IFA and from Franchise Update and uh, and from uh, MFV and all of the great franchise uh, event um, providers. It's so easy to go to these events and these learning sessions and these conferences and um, want to connect with 250 people for two minutes each, right? And, and, you know, see how many people we can talk to at this event or how many people did we talk to at, at the same event last year or whatever. And I think what a lot of people are missing is making a few extra minutes to really be present in a conversation and, and really learn something about that person that you didn't know before you walked in the door today. And I think that takes more than two minutes. You know, this isn't speed dating, this is networking, <laughs> right? Um, and, and, and I think the, the one thing that I would add to what you said about staying connected is, is make sure you're connecting and being present while you're there with that person, because next week they're going to be 
2,000 miles away on the other side of the country, right? So while you have that person in your space, you know, take the time to, you know, make them realize that that you appreciate their time and you're listening. And as, as you said, you're you're there for them. And, you know, you're really trying to learn what their issues are and, you know, how you might be of service to them at some point. So um, I, I encourage all of our friends in the industry to put down the phone for a few minutes and actually have some in-person conversations at, at some of these events, because we, we just spent two years not having these in-person events for the most part. So we, we know what it's like to live digitally and remotely. And, and I think if you have the opportunity and Gigi, I know you, your team is going to be at a lot of these events and I can't wait to see them all. Um, but you, if you have that opportunity, really be present with these people as you're, as you're building that relationship. I couldn't agree more. Well, I'm going to hold you to the idea of coming back to talk about culture in the very near future. Um, so we will be in touch with you about that. In the meantime, if any of our listeners would like to get in touch with you before then, maybe learn a little bit more about Lightbridge Academy or, or uh, what you're doing as far as speaking on leadership in the near future, where can they reach you? Thank you so much for giving me that opportunity. Um, I would love to speak with anyone and they can reach me um, at Lightbridge Academy, gschweikert at lightbridgeacademy.com. And I welcome anyone to just reach out and chat about anything. Before we go, a quick word from today's sponsor, Exults. Creating solutions and driving results for over 15 years, Exults is founded on the foundation of driving results. Recent demand has picked up in the digital human resources and recruiting space, and Exalts is driving qualified candidates to clients. Exalts also drives digital public relations online, allowing your franchise to control the conversation related to your brand. Learn more at Exalts.com. Exalts, driving leads, driving results. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. We're here to help you get yourself ready for the comeback of a lifetime. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.